Beetlejuice crushed it. And that's when they were like, okay, we can give this guy the reins. Because I would make the case that what's even crazier is that they let Burton give this movie to Keaton. Yeah. I mean, there was 50,000 letters of protest for Keaton being Batman. People weren't ready for it. People, and it's so funny how short-term everyone's memory is. Because remember when Affleck People rolled, were pissed. And people were pissed. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? Maybe it won't be good. But this is exactly how people felt about Michael Keaton. Or Heath Ledger from Joker. People Absolutely. Were, yeah. oh, people were irate about that. Yeah. But, but again, like at the time, Keaton had really done nothing outside of Beetlejuice, which had just come out. But then prior to that, what did he have? Mr. Night Shift 82, Mr. Mom 83. Yeah. And he was known for comedies. Gung Ho 85. Even Gung Ho comedy, right? Yeah. Well, Burton had an interesting take on Batman. He said he wanted someone who looked like they needed to put on the armor. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they were just a big guy. Right. It's like they needed it to show that they were intimidating. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. darling, darling. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Not all of us are Bruce Wayne, Max. I can't just throw charity events, order extra cases of champagne like money doesn't matter. You can? No, oh. I cannot. Charlie and the team at Sonic Loans are available day and night. Just put up the bad signal. They will support whatever you need when it comes to mortgages. Closing on a new home can be a nightmare. Imagine finding a place close enough to Gotham so you can commute, but far enough away so you can have privacy. You know, a nice little piece of land. But you got to get the loan. Spacious. So you find the right house and then you get the wrong guy to work over your loan and you're in a heap of trouble. If you go to Sonic Loans, not only will they make sure that you get Wayne Manor, but they'll also make sure that you're hosting the first Justice League dinner in style. Ooh. So as I've always no told Aquaman. you, tell Charlie that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Go to Sonic Loans. Loans, and trust me, they are the place to go. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com. I remember the first time I met Ian, I grabbed him by the shoulders and I said, you 
You're my number one guy. I thought you were going to say I'm Batman. No, I, I could have done that. <laughs> or Bane boys. He probably was wondering why I was grabbing him, and he's like, what are you? <laughs> it's like... I'm in need of legal help. <laughs> Carl Grissom was involved in some pretty nefarious activity. His solution was to send Jack Napier to access chemicals to destroy the files. You remember, Max. Espionage. Terrible stuff. He should have just reached out to Bolton Legal Group. Then no one would have fallen into the vat of toxic chemicals, and we'd live happily ever after. But then no Joker. Yeah, but that's okay. Let no, it's e- not. It is, because you hear this. Let Ian and his team be your dark knight. Aggressive, efficient. They will make sure that the only Joker is the client foolish enough to challenge you in court. Okay, that's good. For a consultation, <laughs> call 248-595-0001. Today's episode, Batman. With the theatrical premiere of The Batman hitting theaters this week, What better time to jump into our hot tub time machine and visit the summer of 1989? And while I'm sure Robert Pattinson will make Ben Affleck proud, who made Will Arnett proud, who made Christian Bale proud, who made George Clooney proud, who made Val Kilmer proud, who made Adam West proud, today the only Batman we'll be talking about is Michael Keaton. On today's episode, we'll dive into the movie that changed all the rules and set a new bar for comic book adaptations. The one, the only Batman. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the Jack Napier to my Carl Grissom, Max Sanders. And with that, Max, you are my number one guy. You going to send me to a chemical plant? Are you setting me up here? Uh, no. Has Trish told you anything? You're, you're my number one guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> how'd, you like, how'd you like my Batman? It's weird. Batman. <laughs> it's for Keaton only. Batman. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you like kiss your kids goodnight max say what i say the only thing i asked you to prepare for this entire episode say it right now what are you Max, do it better than that <clears throat> what are you i'm batman it's pretty good, <laughs> good. It feels so good all you're doing is whispering all right let me do it again but th- there's no difference say, just say, okay. say what are you what are you batman <laughs> friends scooch do, do arnold <laughs> do, okay go ahead what are you? Batman. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Max, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. La, la, la. This movie is is a monster of a movie to talk about. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this movie. It's a lot to unravel. There's a lot to do. Uh, so as always, as the adult in the room, let me get through the things. That me. That we know. You are not the adult in the room. First of all, follow at Buzz in the Tower, social media, TikTok, Instagram, Kazoo. Do you know what Kazoo is? That new that new thing that I made up. Yik yak. Spotify, Apple Podcast. Leave a review. Leave five stars. You know the drill. We're almost at two thousand. We're almost at two thousand reviews. That's incredible. Internationally, we're at like twenty four hundred. Nice. That's which is great. It's those Australians. I'm telling you, I love them. (laughs) You do. I do. Patreon.com/slash Buzz in the Tower. Every week, more people join. We love it. We appreciate it. And in fact, right now, we'll take a minute. Because we've got some new Patreons, new co-pilots that are requesting permission to buzz the tower. Sorry, Goose, but it's time to buzz the tower. Max. Yes? Take my Patreons to bed or lose them forever. (laughs) Oh, God. What tier is that? Each week. Each week. And what tier is that? That's really funny. Each week, I have to have a Top Gun quote. So there you go. I want to get more and more obscure. Oh, we're going to get, trust me, we're going to have to, hopefully Maverick will come out at some point in our future. We can lean on that a little bit. 
my favorite part of every show, our love to our patrons, our co-pilots. I have some super duper exciting news. Anyone who is an Iceman or a Maverick is going to be receiving their wings. So remember when you were like a, well, <laughs> stupid example. When you're a kid and you get on a plane, they give you the little plastic wings. Yeah. But if you're in the actual like Air Force, you get your real wings. Sure. This is somewhere in the middle. It's not plastic, <laughs> but it's not military grade. You can get on planes and fly them. But if you are a Maverick or an Iceman, check your mail after you give us your address and <laughs> we send it to you and Max will not show up at your house. So I do have a couple to invite to the co-pilot crew. We got two gooses. So I want to give them a little bit of love. Remind everyone, Patreon is the best way to support the show. Patreon.com slash buzz in the tower. Enter it a goose, Iceman or Maverick, and you will be showered with gifts, love and mild stalking from Max. Mild, very mild, mild. very mild, unoffensive at best. Like stakeout. I'd like to welcome Norm MacArthur and Lucia Risk, our two new co-pilots at the goose level. And from Max and I, with all sincerity and love, thank, thank you. you. Hey, Tony. Thanks. Saunders. Thanks. Good morning. What? Thanks. Todd. Thanks. Ren. Thank you for, uh, well, thank you. Is it weird that I love them more than my family? No. Mm, yes. <laughs> so all the time. Every Are you day. guys brothers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Brian Boitano. <laughs> is it Brian Boitano? I always screw that up because I think of Brian Boitano. You from, do. I do that. I screw it up a lot. Yeah. I screw everything Shush. up a lot. I, oh, you remember that I screw that up all the time too. Do you know what that's from? You said it's from something that's, it's not Johnny it's not, Lawrence. It's not. It's from Encino Man. Yeah. I always think it's uh, Zapka that's saying it and it's not. <laughs> so Max, this was your big glorious idea and it was a good one with the new Batman movie coming out. The Batman. There's a whole bunch of people like you and I that, when we hear Batman, we certainly, certainly love the Christian Bale Batmans. I actually don't even mind the Ben Affleck Batman that much. The Batfleck? Not that bad. I love Val Kilmer. I, I Val Kilmer's not even... No, Clooney. I'm gonna say, even Clooney. Rubber nipples. I know. Rubber I know, I know. nipples. But Arnold was in it, and Arnold was cast perfectly for it. It was just a terrible movie. <laughs> but that all being said, we're going to talk about Batman 1989 today. It's a big deal because this movie, there are a handful of movies that you'll watch in your lifetime that change movies. Like Star Wars changed movies, yep. right? Uh, what are some other movies that just changed movies? Uh, the Matrix. The Matrix. Uh, Endgame. I yep. would actually argue with Endgame, the specter of it all, tying these independent films yep. into one story, change movies. Blair Witch Project. Yep. 1989, Tim Burton's Batman. I lived through this. Now, you would have been very young. How old were you in 89? Yeah, you were not living I was a tyke. I vividly remember what took place. Did you wear the cap and cowl? No, I didn't. But I didn't know very much about Batman at the time. You know, you have to remember, too, today, internet, memes, social media. Everybody knows everything. The, 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 the swath of knowledge that someone has is so much greater. Could you use a swath? You like that? Yeah. On Hoth? <laughs> <laughs> Hoth hoggle boggle. But but the but looking at today versus 1989, right? In 1989, you couldn't you couldn't catch a trailer on YouTube. And I remember going to see movies just to see this teaser trailer. Seriously, one thousand percent. Like terrible movies. You're like I, I don't remember. Care. I remember sneaking. <laughs> I remember going to a movie, sneaking out of that movie, and going to see the trailer again. I remember my friends going just 
having a fever pitch about this Batman film because it had everything you ever wanted. Every comic book nerd, all they want is validation. No, no, no. This isn't some goofy kids game. This is real. This is a real story. There's layers to it. There's dark. There's light. There's everything. And this... This took a stab at being a real movie. And I give all the credit in the world to Donner doing this with Superman as well. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of why Superman was successful, but this was a whole different ballgame. What's Tim Burton? It's so dark. Whole different ballgame. So Max, we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah. Let's start where we always start. Let's talk about this movie. 1989, directed by Tim Burton, written by Bob Kane, Sam Hamm, and Warren Skarin, uh, starring Michael Keaton as the Batman. Yes, he is. He is Batman. Jack Nicholson. Oh, man, as the Joker. Up until the movie, The Joker... God, that's a, that's a tough one. I'm about to already dive. I'm I just lectured you about being smooth and quick on this. And yeah. I'm literally about to dive into like who's the best Joker conversation. Heath Ledger. I get Heath Ledger's the best They're Joker. Different. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Stop. I gotta stop picking my favorites. All right. Kim Basinger. Yeah. As Vicky Vale. Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Billy D. Billy D. Uh Jack Palance is Grissom. After I did the quote at the beginning, Max, you're my number one guy. <laughs> Tango and cash, cash and tango. He's so evil looking. He's great. He's got a crater face. He is great. It's like Brian Cranston, really old. Michael Goo <laughs> as Alfred. <laughs> is it goo or go? Go. Give me goo. Give me goo. Michael go. Goo. Michael Goo is Alfred. Pat Engel. <laughs> As Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of characters in here that you don't really see pop up in other places um, other than the main ones that we're talking about. You got any characters you're interested in shouting out right now? Well, Pat Hingle. Yeah, he, that's true. Yeah. He's in Maximum Overdrive. He is. He's you, got, you love Maximum he's Overdrive. He's got the shotgun. <laughs> oh, Robert Wool as Knox. Yes. Yeah. Arliss. Yes. He's great. He is. He's fun in general. I don't know. That, uh, this is natural. You know, I'll tell you, Batman is an interesting movie for me because I love this movie, but you know how like how I feel about Predator where I don't have many complaints about it. I got a handful of complaints about this movie. Really? Not a, lot, not a lot, but I have one or two. I have one or two. Like Knox's character is totally irrelevant in this movie and not needed. Well, he puts on a K95 and goes swinging bats at a Joker. Not, yeah, not, not needed, not needed. So Max, let's, let's talk about what this movie's about. I mean, there I assume maybe one or two people that don't know what it's about. Gotham City. Crime boss Carl Grissom, played by Jack Palance, effectively runs the town, but there's a new crime fighter in town, Batman, played by Michael Keaton. Grissom's right-hand man is Jack Napier, played by Jack Nicholson, a brutal man who is not entirely sane. Grissom has Napier set up with the police, and Napier falls into an apparent death in a vat of chemicals at the old Axis chemical. Or does he? Plot twist. <laughs> be a very short movie, otherwise. However, he soon reappears as the Joker and starts a reign of terror on the city of Gotham. Meanwhile, reporter Vicki Vale, Kim Basinger, is in the city to do an article on Batman, she soon starts a relationship with Batman's everyday persona, billionaire Bruce Wayne. It is a very simple movie. It's very clean. Love interest. Yeah. Secret identity. Only one villain, too. Only, only one villain. Only Batman to do that. But it's there's so much more to this movie than I just <laughs> read. I don't even know where we begin. I actually think the place I want to begin is with one of the producers of this movie. Okay. Which is somewhat unique for me, right? Michael Uslan. U-S-L-A-N. Uslan? Uslan? We think Uslan? I, I don't know. You don't talk about producers. I don't talk about producers often. I thought this one was fascinating. So he's a student at Indiana University in the early 70s, and he was actively working to get people to understand and appreciate comic books as a serious art form. He developed a fully accredited college class 
on the history of comic books at his university under experimental curriculum. Hmm. It is Michael that secured the rights to making this movie, which sat for 10 years. So for from 79 to 89, basically it sat before he could get it made. But he was the comic book nerd kid yeah. that wanted validation on the story that said, no, this is deeper than just pow, blam, that what Adam West was doing. And it was his commitment to making a real movie that allowed for this movie to be made. And in my opinion, changed film because now this idea that it had to be campy, it had to be silly. It had to be the Adam West, which by the way, I'm not even criticizing that because I think that's great. You know, it was fun. Very look, you and I are trash pandas. Like I, I like all types of film, Yeah, but think about the risk that was being taken here. This was such an incredible departure from everything that had been Batman before. And Batman as it was a commodity. It's not like Batman was no one. This is like, I, in the same sense, it's almost the same Donner. It mirrors the Donner story yeah. of, of, of Donner having like a real romantic belief in what the story of Superman should be. And that, you know, let's treat the audience respectfully and let's make them believe that Superman can fly. In this movie, it was, let's make something with some grit to it. Yeah. This is, this is with a lot of money too. Outside of Superman, this is the single best commodity that DC has, right? Yep. I mean, Wonder Woman, I guess, but... No, I mean, financially, I don't think it's even close. No, it wouldn't be even close. Yeah. Max, where do we start? Where, do, where does one start with this movie? You want to start with the high numbers? I know you got them. So this movie cost $35 million, which was, I think, in the top 10 of all-time costs for movies. Oh, I'm sure. They put a lot of dough into and this. And to put that behind Tim Burton and someone who's so dark and weird... So can I jump in when you say things like that with little facts to sprinkle in? Yeah, sprinkle away. I'll sprinkle away. So they were in bed with Burton, kind of. They sat and waited until they saw what the success of Beetlejuice was, and that's when he kind of was like, okay, we're going to go with this guy. Oh, interesting. What initially got him was, was Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which to me is great that they were able to see that even though this was like a kid's movie, they could see the layers to it, and that was incredibly successful. So like Warner Brothers already liked Burton because mm. he was making successful movies, but Beetlejuice crushed it, and that's when they were like, okay, we can give this guy the reins, because I would make the case that what's even crazier than the fact that they gave Burton this movie is that they let Burton give this movie to Keaton. That to me is way more wild than they gave it to Burton. Yeah. I mean, there was 50,000 letters of protest for Keaton being Batman. People weren't ready for it. People. And it's so funny how short term everyone's memory is. Cause you remember when Affleck uh, got the people were pissed and people were pissed and I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? Maybe it won't be good, but this is exactly how people felt about Michael Keaton or Heath Ledger from Joker. Absolutely. Oh, people were irate about that. But but again, like I just think that's why I give everyone a chance. Yeah. Like it it turned out to be a great movie at the time. Keaton had really done nothing outside of Beetlejuice, which had just come out. But then prior to that, what did he have? Mr. Mom and uh, night shift. Gung ho. Yeah. But I mean, more, more visible popularity. It was night shift. Right. And uh, night shift 82, Mr. Mom 83. And he was known for comedies. Gung Ho 85. Even Gung Ho comedy, right? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, well, Burton had an interesting take on Batman. He said he wanted someone who looked like they needed to put on the armor. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they were just a big guy, right? It's like they needed it to show that they were intimidating. Well, the other thing too, is that between the two of them, because of Beetlejuice and, you know, Keaton and Burton played off each other, yeah. experimented with things. You see them interviewed together. They're like, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. So Keaton brought ideas to the table. A lot of which Burton let him get away with yeah. some of which he squashed. Well, but I'm Batman is his line. The original one was I'm the knight or yeah. something. I thank God. <laughs> can you, can you, I'm the knight. How yeah. funny is that? That he makes this one decision. We've got an episode coming. 
coming up, which is our favorite action one-liners. Yeah. And I suspect that I'm Batman <laughs> is going to make it poke its head in there. I think it's your favorite quote of all time. It, it's really up there. And the weirdest parts of the movie. So I told you I have like a few things that like kind of rub me the wrong way. Rub but, your rhubarb wrong? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> a great quote. Never, never rub another man's rhubarb. But I have to tell you that one scene where the first night they spends the night with Vicki Vale and he can't sleep. So then he hangs himself up down, upside down like That's, a bat. That is really corny. That's all Keaton. Okay. That was Keaton's idea. And it was, yeah. he, he had other like transcendental like <laughs> meditation. meditation stuff. Yeah. I, <laughs> that kind of stuff I can live without. I'm sorry. Back to your facts. The writers behind this, the story for them is kind of wild. Sam Hamm only wrote Never Cry Wolf. Have you ever even heard of that? I've never heard of that. Before he did this. Then he got Batman. That's amazing. And the other writer, Warren Skarin, who I never heard of before. Have, have you seen his resume? No. Uncredited screenplay for Top Gun. Then wrote Beverly Hills Cop 2, Beetlejuice, this, then died in 90 at 44 of bone oh, cancer. Jesus, that's terrible. What a run. That's like a James Dean, like, better to burn out than fade away thing. I guess so. Jesus. That was a great film. Why don't we know him? I don't know. Yeah. I blame you. Oh, by the way, Sam Hamm wrote Monkey Bone, which is awesome. I've never seen Monkey Bone. So, uh, it's Brandon Frazier. I've never seen it. Okay. I'll and have he, to watch it. He also wrote Batman Returns, which I have rules. seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Batman Returns. Which one do you like better? Oh, I Returns is so dark. It's really good. Yeah. And I really love Michelle Pfeiffer and I really love Danny DeVito. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the, and we're talking. Walking. You got walking. You know, the tough thing about this, I think we have to stay away from ranking in general because yeah. I, get, I get really, I get messed up because I got to tell you the Christopher Nolan. Uh, yeah, The ones, Dark Knight. Oh yeah. my God, man. Those it's movies, a perfect movie. Those movies are perfect. All right, Max, continue. Continue down your path of facts, <laughs> and I'll see whatever is left. I'll pick up the scraps. Robin Williams offered the role of the Joker when Jack Nicholson hesitated, and Williams hated he was used as bait to bring Nicholson back, so he refused to be the Riddler in Batman Forever or to work with Warner Brothers until the studio apologized. That's incredible. Do you know also, in addition to that, that the way that Burton sold Jack Nicholson was Jack Nicholson invited Burton to go horseback riding and Burton had never ridden a horse before <laughs> and he did it. He was like, ah, I don't know how to ride horses. Like, well, you, you better learn because he, you're coming he with us. Like he goes outside and he went and, and he rode the horse and I guess he was just terrified the whole time. But like Jack Nicholson was like, all right, I like that you were willing to do this. And that's what sold him on doing the movie. Hanging out with Nicholson must be a trip. wild. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> oh my God. So he made so much money from this movie. He had a percentage of the profits. He made a percentage of the merchandising yeah. and a percentage of the sequels in which he was in none of them. He made $60 million <laughs> for this movie alone. That's incredible. Which was a record till 2003. Do you know who broke that record? Ooh, uh, I bet you I do. Hold on. Keanu Reeves yeah, Matrix. There you oh, go. All right. All right. Woo. You know that Keanu Reeves, didn't he give away like bikes and like a no, hundred thousand dollars money to, to the crew and to the choreographer choreographers, if I could speak English. He gave like a million each to That's like amazing. all the stunt coordinators. Good for him, man. God, well, I love Keanu the, stunt, the main stunt coordinator ended up being the director, the director of, of John, John Wick. Wick. Easy so, yeah. with your facts. Okay. I know where we're doing it. Come on. Are we doing a Keanu Reeves Batman episode? No. That'd be cool. <gasps> Keanu Reeves is yeah, Batman. Great. Oh, Jesus. That'd be amazing. I'm Batman. I, <laughs> you beat me to it. That was really good. That was really good. Speaking of the voice, Keaton did the voice That's lowering. his, his yeah. thing yeah, yeah. yeah. that was so, all his idea they've all done it since him too. i know yeah oh there's a ton of nods i mean the entire scene in dark knight when christian bale is on his motorcycle and he's going right at the joker and like yeah. shooting him and he's not hitting him it's like the the, the bat, bat wing coming yeah. down to the joker and the batman absolutely yeah. or the pen killing joke uh the, the pen killing the scene. pen killing scene yep and then also lucas fox making the statement of we got to make this so you can turn your neck oh yeah that yeah. was a tip of the hat to yeah. to michael keaton's costume which had zero flexibility for him to turn his neck. <laughs> this one is a deep, deep cut Easter egg. So there's a replica of the blue boy, the blue boy oil painting by Thomas Gainsborough in Arthur Fleck's mother's apartment. 
in the Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the same one that you get when he, uh, Jack Nicholson is vandalizing the museum and he does a brief look at it and then vandalizes it. So that's, that's the same one. Awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> Do you know Michelle Pfeiffer was offered Vicky Vale, but Keaton didn't want her to be Vicky because they were dating at the time. And he thought oh, no be kidding. Awkward. Oh, that's but funny. But she ended up being in the second one, I think, while they weren't together. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, that probably helped with <laughs> the, the chemistry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> And you know, Bob was Jack Nicholson's close friend, Tracy Walter, who he's like, you got to put him in the movie. No, oh, no way. Yeah. He's also Miller in Repo Man and Malik in Conan the Destroyer. I did know he was Malik. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's he's funny. great. Like, I wouldn't think he's just Jack's friend. You know, no, I mean? he's, he's got acting chops. Yeah. I didn't think he seemed out of place at all. Uh, you know that there is in this script originally and they ended up cutting it out. Dick Grayson was supposed to make an appearance. Yep. Robin was supposed to be in this Batman. Do you know who they wanted for it? Eddie Murphy. Kiefer Sutherland. They want Eddie, Eddie Murphy. And originally they, they were talking about doing Bill Murray as Batman and Eddie Murphy as Robin. I'm not kidding. <laughs> There's an Ivan Reitman concept of this movie. Yes. That was probably that one. That was also one of the directors they wanted originally as well. There's like a million. So David Cronenberg got offered this movie. Yep. He's the note. That would have been gross. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Goldblum <laughs> probably would have been Batman. <laughs> The, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Goldblum. Jesus is Batman. That would have been incredible. There's so many. Uh, you know, Joe Dante was offered a chance to direct too. And he wanted Lithgow as Joker. Yep. But he declined because he wanted to be a Joker movie. I've got the list. Hold on one There's second. so many. I, I the, the most recent one that I looked at. Well, do you know Spielberg had an idea for this movie too? Listen to this. Spielberg wanted to do one with Harrison Ford as Batman, Michael J. Fox as Robin, Tim Curry as Joker, oh Dustin God. Hoffman as Penguin, and oh Burt Reynolds as Commissioner Gordon. Oh, my Lord. That would have been incredible. That would have been, that would have been too much. <laughs> no. I would have been too much. Spielberg's never too much. That would have been way too much. They uh, <laughs> Well, the original script, and this is what they were fighting over, right? Because Uslay... Uslan, Michael, <laughs> Us, Uslan, he did not want to go campy and they originally wanted this to be like Batman in space, really? which I don't even know how you would have done that. But again, the studio, the stu this is so funny. Studios are typically made up of people that have no creativity. They're pencil pushers. They're looking at, you know, Ouch. numbers. It's true though. Think about, have you ever heard a story where the studio steps in and they're like, let's get more creative. Let's, let's take more risks. A24. I don't know. None, none. <laughs> okay. Never. Never happens, Max. <laughs> In addition to that, you would ask who else was up for the role of Batman. Mel Gibson, Bill Murray, Kevin Costner, William Defoe, Tom Selleck, Harrison Ford, Charlie Sheen, Ray Liotta, and Pierce Brosnan. Ray Liotta, they tried to get him into like six different roles in that movie, and he wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah, he did Goodfellas into that. Which is a decent movie. It's an okay movie. <laughs> you forgot one person that auditioned. Who? John claude Van Damme. Oh, yeah. He would have been great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Tim Burton had to fight to get Michael Keaton. Part of what helped the fight, obviously, was the success of Beetlejuice. People lost their minds. Well, when, yeah, it makes when, no sense. At the time, it made no sense. So it's kind of funny, right? So I told you at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned how I, I vividly remember this movie coming out. And I remember the trailer being leaked. And I remember the teaser trailer they rushed to get a teaser trailer out because the press was so negative about Keaton being in this. They were getting just crushed everywhere that they got together and they're like, we got to get something out now so that people are still interested in this. From a marketing perspective, what they did with this movie, I've heard stories like Burton's talked about this, Yuslan, whose name I've butchered six different ways, has talked about just this. Stop saying it. I will. The producers and directors of this movie talked go. about this a number of times. Max, people were breaking into like at bus stops where they had the posters and bus stops and the Batman, it was just the Batman logo. Yeah. People were breaking into those and stealing them. That's how big of a deal this was. They were breaking into movie theaters to watch just the previews to watch the trailer. Preview. I heard that. Yeah. That's crazy. From you about 10 minutes ago. Oh, I didn't break in. Yeah. I already had tickets. I'm not, I wasn't, <laughs> I was no thief at the time. That released early cut that they did saved the movie because people were losing their minds over Michael Keaton. I got to watch that trailer. 
Was it a good trailer? It's really good. It's really good? Is it better than the... No, no, we're not doing a better than thing. The best teaser to a film that I've ever been a part of in my entire life was Independence Day. I was in high school, and I didn't know what the hell it was about. It just said, like, ID4, and it was, like, counting down. Yeah, yeah. And I had no idea what it was about. And they did a great job leaking information out and trailing it. Welcome to Earth. Yeah. Let's see. What else? What other facts we got, Max? So who else got a uh, audition for Joker? You got Bowie. William Defoe, James Wood, Brad Dourif, David Bowie, Robin Williams. Brad Dourif? Yeah. <laughs> he was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Who cares? I'm just giving you yeah. the names of the people that auditioned. You forgot Malkovich. Oh, yeah. And James Woods. Oh, I, 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 I said James Woods. Did you have De Niro and Alan Rickman? No. Yeah, they were in there, too. Rickman. Who would have been? No, I mean, they're all good. Rickman would have been really good. Well, William Defoe looks like the joke. I think you could have gotten away. I don't know. It's tough, right? Because for this movie and the way that he played it, I don't know who. Got, yeah. Robin Williams could have done it. Yeah. But it's, I think it would have been, he would have taken it campy. I don't know. He gets dark sometimes. Death of Smoochie. Yeah, but that's way later in his career. Death of Smoochie's like nine years later. Yeah, nine, that's a long time. Nine times. Nine times. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> My favorite fact, I was saying this for the last one. Is this our last fact? Uh, I've got a couple more. Okay. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll let Sean Young, poor Sean Young, who we've talked about before, has like this tumultuous career. She was, could have been the biggest star ever. She was Vicky Vale. Yeah. And then she had to go on a horse ride and fall off her horse. And then they frantically had to grab someone at the last minute because she was hurt. And then, do you remember when she went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and showed up to the lot dressed as uh, Catwoman? Yes, I do. Remember <laughs> everybody was like, well, you are not invited here. <laughs> Please get away from here right now. So we love when like Sigourney Weaver does that for Ghostbusters and she gets it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I this think it's a double standard. This is totally standard. different. Is it different? It is. Rob so, Lowe with a six pack for St. Elmo's. Can I tell you why it's different? Because there's an audition. Sean Young had already lost the job. Yeah. Like she was just showing up and acting crazy. It's like showing up at your exes, the one last. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, say, this, and this is why you're supporting it. You're like, oh my God. It worked to say anything. You did that. I did not. We weren't broken up. I just played the song over my head there for There's something her. going on. There's nothing going on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've quelched my need. Okay. So my favorite one. There was only two original cast members from the 1966 Batman that went to the premiere of this movie. Do you know who one of them was? It's going to blow your mind. I remember. Don't say. I, I remember Adam West being a little bit pissy about not being asked to be in this movie. So I feel like he wouldn't have shown up. It's Burgess Meredith. Shut up. He was Penguin. Of course. Yeah. No kidding. Okay. Just make sure you knew. Of course I know. Yeah. Don't you remember in the Adam West Batman who he's like, Batman, <laughs> you gotta eat penguins and crap. Bat- Bicycles. Bats. <laughs> Uh, uh, always nice to get Burgess really in there. Good. That's really good. Yeah. The one thing I will talk about, and this is before we go our kind of scene by scene on the movie, the set design on this. So gothic. It's great. And there's a, there's kind of a cool story where I guess they were talking with the set design people and they were like, do not take from steel or borrow anything from Blade Runner. So, oh. there, so there was like this neon aspect that they wanted to do. And when they pulled it, it basically made it darker and fit the comic book a lot better. It's very old timey. It feels like the forties. You know, it feels like Dick Tracy. There's moments where it feels very much like Dick yeah, Tracy. To like me. understated. Yeah. But with like sad. machine guns yeah. and like, like yeah, why do the they hats are big. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and pinstripes. But I will tell you the one thing that this does it's interesting. I wonder if this is the natural evolution that has to take place in the film to get to the Christopher Nolan film. So the Christopher Nolan film does not have any aspect or feel of the bam. Like there's no old yeah, the Batman. Schumacher, the Schumacher is yeah, really there's no feel. That. There's no feel for that at all. 
But in this Batman, there are little pieces of it. Like when the Joker is getting surgery, when uh, Napier is getting a surgery, yeah. there's like a big sign outside of this dank basement that says surgery. surgery. Yeah. Or when they're trying to get like information, like they're, they're transitioning from scene to scene, the newspaper spins yeah. in a circle and it's like- Action news. Action news. Yeah. yeah. The cameras at the press conferences aren't the names of news constituents. It's just like action news. Yeah. So there's very comic book-ish feel to it, but you don't feel like- it's a comic book. It's not movie. heavy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I love that. Like that is maybe from a nostalgic perspective, part of why I love this Batman so much. The Christopher Nolan Batman just feels like a, a real movie. I'm, yeah. I can believe it's insane, but I can believe it all. Yeah. Bane's real. Yeah. Bane. <laughs> oh, really? You were born in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry cream cheese. Do you think this gives you power over me? We have to stop doing this. What are you? <laughs> I'm just going to start <laughs> quoting the 1989 Batman, but as Bane, what are some other good ones? <laughs> Do you want to get nuts? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> what is that accent? It's like half Monopoly guy, half like guy with a cleft palate. Give, give me another quote. Give me another, <laughs> give me another Batman quote to do as Bane. No, never rub a man. Yeah. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> good. It's good. It's pretty good. good. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a better quote. We'll do one more and then we'll move Arnold on. Arnold could have been Bane. Yeah, I don't think so. In 89? No, no, well, yeah, in 89. Yeah. Bane's voice is amazing. Yeah. I, I don't think that gets enough credit. Bane Cat's the greatest thing on the internet. I know, you love it. I yeah. love Bane Cat. Yeah. That's where I learned to do my Bane is I would just do Bane Cat all the time. <laughs> um, Back to the movie. Hold on, I guess you do one more, right? I'll do one as Alfred. <laughs> I have to do one more, right? Like, right, 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 right. Vicky, we have a Bane Can quota? I do one Alfred talking about Vicky Vale? Sure. Master Bruce, perhaps having Vicky around here will be good. <laughs> Your eyebrows go all weird when you do it. Yeah, probably. I don't know. The, 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 okay, so by the way, before we get into the movie, I feel like Alfred was a wasted character in this movie. That's my one big gripe with this Batman. I just wasn't a big... I, when, when they're you, having like dinner together and he's telling stories about the horseback riding. That, that, that's it. Like A lot of the story feels rushed. Like That's part of what I love about the Christopher Nolan Batman is that, first of all, you don't... Do you remember the movie? Well, you love Michael Caine. I do. I love Michael Caine. Do you remember... Here's a great example. Do you remember in Wayne's World... Two, when he is, they're basically doing the Mrs. Robinson scene. Yeah. And on the bus and, and he, and he, before he gets to the bus, Wayne is going to stop the wedding and he stops at a gas station and he's like, you know, where's the street? And the actor says, you know, Oh, it's uh Smith street. I once knew a yeah, girl yeah. on the street. And he goes, and, and he turns to the camera. Actor. He's like, really? Yeah, yeah. Is this all we can afford? <laughs> and who do they bring in? Charlton Heston. Yeah. That's how I feel about Alfred in this movie. Like that's what they did. Right. That Michael Caine, Michael Caine being like, in there. You don't like Michael goo. <laughs> go, go, go. No, I don't. He's, he's been in the most bad man. I know it's a wasted character. Wasted. They could have done so that's much the more. One part of, of Batman and Robin, I actually felt when he was dying, uh, him and Clooney. He's yeah, like, because that, that's okay. Fine. That's like the one piece of garbage without maggots on it. Like this is mean. It's not even garbage. Kilmer are good too. He's got good chemistry. You love Kilmer. I've been <laughs> kissed by a rose. It's a good song. <laughs> it is a great song. Nicole Kidman. What's up? Oh boy. I don't find her attractive. Do you want to talk about this movie now? Have we done enough facts and silly things? Are we ready to jump into the scene by scene in house buzzing the Tower reenactment. Of I don't Batman. know. I don't want to do Seal. I I sing Seal as Bane. <laughs> oh, you've never been kissed by a rose. Yes, I want in to do the, the rain. movie now. For the love you of want God. to do the movie yeah. now? Okay, fine. Perhaps before we start the movie, stop. We should have a word from our sponsors. Okay, Bane Cat. <laughs> Thank you. 
Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Doby Real Estate. Max, today our fan spotlight is Mark Catella, a realtor with Doby. Not only a great agent, one of the best. Not only a huge 80s movies fan and Buzz in the Tower fan, but the man loves himself some Batman. This is like my Tinder fantasy. That's when we bring him into studio. Please don't tell him he's your Tinder fantasy. <laughs> Not physically. It's well, great. He's good looking. Culture. <laughs> <laughs> great, Max. Sorry. Culture, attitude, family environment, best marketing, best real estate guys that you could ask for. They're all over it. They're finding the house at the right price. They're selling your house at a high price. They're making sure you buy at a low price. Make sure you tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to work with the best and they will get you into whatever you need to get into. $400 million in sales in 2021, 1,000 homes sold. Wearedoby.com. Reach out to them right away if you're thinking about getting into this crazy real estate market. And now we'll stop the movie. You need to stop. You know what we didn't talk about? Shame on both of us, because we've talked about it in other episodes. Danny Elfman. Oh, the music. Yeah. The music. I thought you were going to cover it. I didn't really like it. No, I mean, lead singer of uh, Boingo, Boingo. Boingo Boingo. This was his first real, I mean, again, going back to giving Tim Burton a shot on this, giving Michael Keaton a shot on this, no more or no less were you giving a shot to Danny Elfman. I mean, yeah. this was a huge risk. He, and thought, he crushed he, it. He thought he was going to get fired yeah. until until he came back with. Yeah. I mean, that. Think about that, right? Go back to Superman. Like that Superman overture stuck for years. That's John Williams, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this one was just as prolific. Yeah. I mean, the cartoon, all I love the, the cartoon, the early and, 90s cartoon. And even though Nolan certainly it's like different, it's influenced by it. I mean, you can feel it, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. Wow. Hans Zimmer. That was the guy. Just calm music. down. For God's sake. Calm Hans. down. Calm down. Well, Prince really is who scored this entire movie, but that's okay. <laughs> it's very out of place. You want to talk about Prince? I, if I want to jump into the movie, I'm not going to let you talk about anything. And you love Prince. Well, do you know who originally was supposed to do the music? Prince Jr.? Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. 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 And he got distracted by, by a shiny by, object. By Bobo the monkey. What was his chimp's name? <laughs> cookies? Like was it Bobo Cookies? <laughs> Bobo Cookies. Bobo the Cookies. Was it was it Bane Chimp? <laughs> no. Mr. Jackson. Okay. <laughs> the intro starts with stone imagery of the bat symbol. It's the Yellow best. simple it's lettering. It's the best. Music blaring. <clears throat> Very creepy. Very creepy. So I'm a huge fan of uh, gothic print or Times New Roman. <laughs> Gotham City. Yeah. That's how it starts off. Gotham City. It does. Gotham City is like one part New York. So yep. the hustle and bustle is New York. And then and, above and, it. And then behind it, it feels to me like RoboCop. It's Ghoulish. very it's very Detroit post-apocalyptic. Menacing. You know, dead or alive. You know, it's, it, it's, it doesn't bother me that it's clearly fake. It's the, the facade of the background. Yeah, you, you don't even notice it. it. Yeah. yeah, you get a feel for it. Absolutely. So family's trying to get a cab. They get mugged in front of a kid. Yep. And again, incredible deep foreshadowing here <laughs> as to what's going on. So they don't kill the dad on this one. They think they just knock him out. Yep. And the thieves run off to a rooftop. And while on the rooftop, counting their money. American Express. Never yeah, leave home really without, without it. it. Nice little ad right there. While they're counting their money. The one guy is very scared. He wants to get out of there because he's heard rumors of the bat. And I love the subtlety. I love that they're focused on the two guys. And then you see the silhouette of Batman floating down in the background and they freak out. They take their gun out and they shoot him. He falls on the ground. They turn around. He's gone. Lending itself to this superhuman aspect of Batman. Batman drops a couple kicks. He's a big kicker. Likes kicking. He is. 80s were big for kicks. Absolutely. Grabs the one dude. Hang. He's like, don't. uh, Max, your imitation was. I I thought you could do better. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. Tell your friends about me. I I love to tell your friends about me. (laughs) 
That's like a, that should be our buzz in the tower thing. Like you like buzz in the tower? Tell your friends about me. <laughs> what are you? I'm Batman. Yeah. So Batman begins. He does that too. And that's I mean that's that's the tone for the movie. So we cut right from there. We've got the mayor who is calling out boss Carl Grissom. I he, thought the mayor was actually Ed Koch. The it, mayor he of New looks York. just like it. I yeah. totally checked that up when I saw that. Yeah. He does look just like him. So he's given a classic 200 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like of course there's some big event and he's like, we got to get rid of Carl Grissom and he introduces Harvey Dent. That's another thing too. I think Harvey Dent was grossly underutilized in this movie. Billy D could have had way more of a role. Well, could, they were supposed to use him use in the, him second, in the next second ones. One. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know. But something happened. I don't know. Oh, they wanted Tommy Lee and they bought him out. No, but then he came back later, like years later, and said there was no buyout. That's a rumor. Oh, they really? actually interviewed Billy D. I believe he actually said that there was no buyout because he was never signed on for more than one movie. Oh, well, in Lego Batman, he's Two Face. Also, think about the significance of changing the race of that character. Like, this is 1989. This movie took a lot of risks. They took risks in hiring Tim Burton, they took risks in hiring Michael Keaton. And then for them to cast Billy D. Williams, an African-American actor as Harvey Dent, when that when that role had previously in the comics and in the old Batman movies had never been played by an African-American. I think that was great. I wish they'd stuck with him. He was great, but yeah. whatever. So they're doing their big, uh, you know, introduction. The cameras also, we talked about this, the cameras all say action news on it, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Harvey gives his speech. You know, I'm, a, I'm a man of few words, yeah. but my words count. Yeah. You know? Colt 45. Colt 45 for everyone. <laughs> I love that. Come to Cloud City. So while this is going on, it then cuts to uh, Jack Napier, who is not the Joker yet. Nope. He's, he's watching the TV. Playing hey, with his cars. Playing, yeah, playing with his uh, affair woman. Alicia? <laughs> yeah. 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 Who is like Grissom, his boss's girlfriend. Who risky. He's, risky business. Oh, we said it. Risky business. <laughs> There's some small nuanced things that I really like about the building of the character of the Joker. So rather than just having Napier be like a henchman, they really start to let you see what a psychopath he is. Yeah. So even in his relationship with the woman he's having an affair with, when she goes over to him in the mirror and says, you look fine. I didn't ask. Goes, yeah, I didn't ask. <laughs> Shoulder glare. Like, he was like, disgust. Right. It's just so funny. I've right? always wanted to do that. Look over my shoulder, disgusted at somebody. You can't do that. You're too scared. Yeah. So then it cuts back to Lieutenant Eckhart and the rooftop thief, right? So we meet Eckhart, who is essentially trying to downplay what's going on and he calling looks like all a these people crazy. We briefly meet Knox, the nosy reporter that wants to get the scoop on you hate the, him. I hate Knox. Not a good character. But Eckhart basically has no patience for him. He's just like, get out of here. There's no bat. Don't print it. What you're printing he drinks is garbage. Blood. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as that ends, though, Eckhart slides on over two feet away, <laughs> two feet away. Not, not taking a lot of precautions to not get busted. This is again, this would be you if you were a cop. Yep. Like I'm ready for my bride. <laughs> you know, a little known thing, right? Napier throws him an envelope and says, you know, a little snack for you. And Eckhart's like, you know, be careful. Don't do that right out in the open. I don't know if you ever noticed this. Did you look in the envelope? The money is in between bread. <laughs> Shut up. If you go back and watch, there's a piece of bread in the envelope. I'm I like, a sandwich I like write as a money sandwich. That's great. So they're basically bribing him to get Harvey Dent off their case. Yeah. And get information. And again, you start to learn what a psychopath Napier is because, you know, Napier is making some power plays. Guns get drawn. We meet Bob. We meet Bob. You love Bob. Well, he's in sync with Jack. What about What about Bob? <laughs> I haven't seen it. It was really good. Uh, does he say something like, uh, you're, oh, that's right. Eckhart says you're an A1 nut boy. Grissom knows it, pulls his gun, and, and Bob pulls his gun, and Napier says, you better be sure. <laughs> I love Punk. his one-liners are great. So cut them back to the mayor, Dent, and Gordon walking out of City Hall, talking about the parade. It's very, very, has a very Jaws feel to me. You think like, so? The mayor's like, we're not closing the beach down. Interesting. Like, we're not closing the That's beach down. That's a good analogy. I, I was just thinking about it. I was like, it's got that like 
political, like no matter what, like 10 people have been eaten. We got, we got, this is the, the, we got to sell lollipops. We got to, yeah, yeah, we got to, <laughs> those damn lollipops. <laughs> oh, that's great. So Paint look, them red, they're blood he, lollipops. Flat out, flat out. He's like, lock up Grissom. Yeah. Just do that and we're good. So then it goes back to Knox at his newspaper. And I love it. This is, I do like about Knox. Everybody's mocking him. They're like, oh, did you find your giant bat? Now there's a little sketch that someone hands him yep. of a bat. And that is, I believe, one of the original. What's it's, it? it's by Bob Kane. Yeah, the yeah right. The co-creator. Of, it, it wasn't his original sketch. I think it, he wrote, he made that sketch for the movie. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I hate when you know things I don't know. But wait, you know Knox? Do you know who else was offered Knox? I think you would have liked him more. Who? Uh, Steve Martin. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was such a small role for him. He's pretty apparent in this movie. Yeah, he's yeah. annoying. <laughs> and Vicky, why are you doing a thing with Bruce Wayne? <laughs> or Daniel Stern. I'm sorry. He me sat like this. Oh, Vicky. No. A date. Okay, so Vicky's at his desk. He goes, hello, legs. I'm going to have to keep us on track. What is this? Vicky, no. Vicky, Vicky's legs are born in the dark. She's a photographer, by the way. She's, she's a, a photographer. Re- you said reporter before. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I didn't correct photographer. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a stupid photographer. She's a, she takes photos. <laughs> if that's, if she was in Vogue, Cosmo, but more importantly, Time Magazine. She For did the uh, Corto Maltese Revolution. Yeah. Did they say that Big right? revolution. There you go. Big revolution. Took a bunch of pictures of dead bodies. Her, Y'all want to see a dead body? Her role is pretty interesting too so she goes from basically being a fashion model to somehow going to a revolution and taking pictures yeah does I that happen often i mean you the people i know you know yeah you're into vogue so my sister writes for vogue I, there you go so wrote vogue. <laughs> wrote 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 rogue they form their relationship which is revolving around learning more about batman although obviously knox wants to marry vicky vale because she's gorgeous vicky just wants to get her hands around batman and they know the way to do that is through commissioner gordon yeah how do you get to commissioner gordon max donuts you got <laughs> great in addition to donuts you got to find them you got to be able to sit down with them and there happens to be a big charity gala at yeah. the wayne manor yep. and vicky's got two tickets to it nobody asked how she got those tickets i think it's a lot but whatever and so, also no one knows who wayne is which is very interesting yeah well well it's a new take on it yeah wayne industries is supposed to be the main you know well plus everybody in gotham knew that his parents got killed exactly so like, yeah, yeah. I, I, no they did, they did a different take on it I, they took some liberties baloney <laughs> what you, you're getting Makes upset me mad. i'm upset <laughs> so grissom and his crew are all sitting around talking about access chemicals what they're going to do jack is in the corner playing with his lucky deck of cards and jack decides to make a suggestion on how they're going to deal with this industrial espionage yeah basically break into access chemicals rough the place up and grab any files that exist that tie grissom's businesses to access chemicals and get him out of there grissom loves the idea and in addition to this Grissom's girl walks in Alicia Alicia and in front of Grissom gives like a hey baby look at Jack which I thought was a little bit bold a little bit risky but whatever and this is where we get to one of my favorite parts of the movie is I need you to overlook this one Jack you're my number one guy You were born in the light. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I okay. can't help it. This is going to replace my Michael Kine every time I talk like about Batman I do it. I know better I'm ones. Sorry. Fancy Bruce Wayne gambling party. Let's go. So anyways, yeah. immediately after they leave, Roulette. Grissom puts a phone call into the police to oh, talk yeah. to Eckhart and rat him out. Yep. So he's going to rat him out, sets the trap to basically kill Jack Napier. Takes us back to Wayne Manor, where we have a wonderful charity event. Uh, I love how like all rich people hold like charity gambling events, right? You don't? I've never held one. I've been to one, but I am not at that level. I hold of, one of once a week. Oh, it's just you playing craps with your two dogs. <laughs> Come on, hot street. Uh, hey, Mo. Daddy needs a new. Mo, set of, I, I gotta borrow. I gotta borrow some money. I lost a couple grand to my. I need six to, dog bones. To my dogs. <laughs> Jesus. I'm in it bad. It's great. It's great. It's, it's, 
incredible. It's better than your Bane voice. It's really, it's not. Don't mention it or I won't do it. <laughs> okay. Alfred is serving champagne. Vicky Vale is wearing a prom dress. I don't even know what she's wearing. <laughs> what is it's it? Absurd. It's, so it's absurd. Every other person in that room yeah. is appropriately Black dressed. Tied. Vicky yeah. Vale is wearing a prom dress, but that's fine. <laughs> she borrowed it from Molly Ringwald. It's wild. Absolutely wild. As they're at this event, she bumps into Bruce Wayne and says, hey, do you know who this Bruce Wayne guy is? And he's like, no. Sounds like a jerk. It's really important that we note this moment that they meet because in literally less than 72 hours, they both are professing that they love each other and they've been in love since the moment they met each that other. That part is frustrating. It's a little rushed. <laughs> you don't give up your bat. <laughs> like, and one night. Yeah. One night. And Alfred's like, tell her. It's like, Al- <laughs> Alfred is the enabler of the entire relationship. He's like, oh, Mr. Wayne. Uh, now I'm doing yeah, Bane. Mr. Wayne. You're doing, you're doing Bane Kane. Michael Bane Kane. Perhaps you do love her, Bruce. <laughs> People are going to turn off this episode. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Don't even say that. God, come on. Yeah, I mean, the relationship is horrifically forced. And after this takes place, Knox eventually finds Commissioner Gordon, who is playing craps with Harvey Dent and the mayor, and tries to get a quote. They all blow him off. They wander around for a little bit. Uh, Gordon Gordon leaves the craps table because he's informed that there was a anonymous tip that came in about a break-in at Axis Chemicals. And he says, well, who's in charge of this? And he's like, Eckhart. I also he's love like, oh boy. I also love that, like, if you know that you have someone who is on the take working for you, fire them. Because remember in... Uh in Dark Knight, it's like, I work with what I got. You know, I don't have many people on the force. Yeah, I don't think that was the case in this movie. There seemed to be quite a few police officers. Well, I don't know. <laughs> this is Gotham's a Knight. rough place. Yeah, I'm not in Metropolis and Gotham. Stay what if you lived in Gotham? You haven't uh, lived in I Gotham. Would not, I would not like living there. <laughs> unless I was Bane. <laughs> Batman. All right. So they leave. And Knox and Vicky Vale wander around the palatial estates of Bruce Wayne. It's such a cool room. They it's go into they, they go into this like war room. Samurais. With, like, yeah. Bruce comes in. There's some uh, hoity-toity, make fun of the rich guy business. Do yep. we need too many cases of champagne, et cetera, et cetera? Six. You need six. Alfred comes in and says, uh, "Mr. Gordon has left for the evening." Everything sounds like Bane yeah, now. I apologize. I and he's like, unexpectedly, telling him. Hey, Gordon just took off. Let's listen to the audio. Now, this is, I think this is where it gets kind of fun. You immediately cut to this big mirror that they're looking at. And you look behind the mirror and you start to get a look at like the bat cave. Yeah. Like all the technology. The VHS technology. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's a little, little big brotherish, but whatever. Bruce Wayne plays the video of the two cops talking so he can learn what's going on. And obviously he's got, a, he's got work to do. He's got to hop into his bat suit and get rolling. So he heads over to Axis Chemicals. Eckhart's there and he's basically telling everyone shoot to kill, which again, even if I <laughs> Was, aggressive even whether i was a rookie cop working underneath him or a veteran cop i'd kind of be like i would like to speak to my union rep right now i'm not really comfortable with this order so as this is taking place you see napier open up the safe again this is like old school cartoon comic itch, yep. right they've got the blowtorch they got the guys we with the cats up, and the tommy guns yeah beware we got what's the deal what's the deal here? you see you'll never take me alive coppers man man <laughs> I was born in this. No. no, that's not. I'm sorry. That's not it. So they, they're in there. <laughs> I'm going to do a whole episode just on Bane. It's not today though. It's not today. As this is taking, as this is taking place, Commissioner Gordon shows up, takes charge. Eckhart, who's a good 300 pounds, like slips <laughs> off into the corner and nobody sees him. While this is all going on, you get your first interaction between. <laughs> sorry. Fat shaming. Pull, pull, pull it together. Pull it together. Fist drinking. Pull it together. <laughs> A shootout ensues. You've got bullets and chemicals flying. Na- steam. Gotta Na- have steam. Napier has drawn his gun. He's about to shoot Commissioner Gordon. Batman jumps in, flies in. 
He's got a lot of grappling hook fly-in moments. He does. Karate kicks the gun out of Napier's hand. And then as he grabs Napier, Bob draws his gun and puts it on Gordon. The struggle continues. Long story short, Batman turns Napier into Joker. Yep. He deflects with his bullet, smashes some glass, chops his face up, falls over the rail. He's dangling. Batman grabs his hand, lets go. He falls into toxic fluid, goes through the whole sewer system, comes out in the other end, and you see his deck of cards float to the top of the water, and then his Joker hand, just like, you know, Friday the 13th, pokes through the water. The birth of a supervillain. Knox and Vicky, the next day, are trying to find out what happened, and the claim is that Napier committed suicide, which is Belogne. absurd. Yeah, total baloney. And Vicky has to leave because she's got a date with Bruce Wayne. Ooh. They do the classic... The, the tropes. You want to talk about tropes? The they declare coming, coming to America. Yeah. Sitting at opposite sides of the table. The soup scene. They decide after they're having their good soup. It's good soup. Good soup. After they have their good soup, they decide to move on into Alfred's domain in the kitchen. I love that one. Where he tells wonderful the, stories of yeah. horses and Master Wayne. And <laughs> it's beautiful, Max. It's beautiful. While that was this, the last time I gave him horseback. Right and while they're having fun, uh, Jack Napier is in a filthy basement with a big sign that says surgery, getting chopped up, nerve ending damage is done. This might be my favorite scene. Really? Because they, the laugh. It's, well, he finds his laugh, well, which is great. You don't show him at all you know what i mean you're just tempted because he's taking off the bandages you think you're gonna see it so there's a moment that you can see his reflection and apparently he was not wearing the white no way. makeup in there yeah. yeah so there's some like story about that if we had 10 hours to talk about batman i'd probably get into so he's visibly upset and but also crazy so he's doing his <laughs> and you're not sure if he's gonna kill the surgeon and he just stumbles out yeah 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 so he takes off and vicky is drunk a little uncomfortably drunk, to be honest with you. I kind of felt like really, yeah, yeah. a little bit, a little bit. I mean, he was sober. She yeah. was drunk. You know, Nineteen eighty-nine, different times. The jo- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the Joker visits Grissom, and uh, Grissom turns around, thinking it's his girl, and says, "That you, Sugar Bumps? Sugar Bumps is a weird name, but whatever." <laughs> Lovely lady bumps. I love like, first of all, Grissom's got legs like a chicken. He's wearing a bathrobe and he like initially he's like, oh, I thought you were dead. I'm so happy you're alive. Chugs a drink. Yeah. And uh, then he turns. He's like, your life won't be worth spit. And uh, I love the Joker is just like, I've been dead once already. It's been liberating. You should think of this as therapy. And then this is very Tim Burton. And I love this about Tim Burton. The circus music? The the circus music. It just makes me, the way that this movie is scored and shot feels so much like Beetlejuice and Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, Burton has a vision in life. And so the Joker is doing this like weird spin around dance, shoots him a half dozen times. Yeah, (laughs) it's very silly stuff. Then we get from there to Bruce in bed with Vicky. He can't sleep, so he hangs himself upside down like a bat. That's really annoying. Totally normal. Gets back to the Joker, who's reading a newspaper about Batman. And he's pissed. He's he like, is. why is this bat getting all my press? But then he comes up with one of his great lines. Wait till they get a load of me. Yep. <laughs> the dark night when Batman first meets Joker in the uh, mansion in the penthouse, he's like, you're going to love me. It's definitely a... Uh, yeah, tip yeah. of the hat. Yeah. Agree, totally. It then moves to Wayne Manor where Bruce is sleeping on the couch because obviously he couldn't sleep. She wants to have lunch with him. I got to tell you, Alfred... She gets clingy. Alfred is the worst wingman on the planet. <laughs> he's like, oh, I can't have lunch. I'm going to be out of town. She goes, okay, no problem. Call me when you get back in town. She walks down the stairs. They're like, oh, Alfred, have fun out of town. He's like, well, we're not going out of town. <laughs> she was so pissed. Bruce loves you. They've known each other 24 hours. And she's like, how could you lie to me? He's she's Batman. so mad. Oh, man. Want to see the Batcave? But I, I, again, I love that Alfred is like, you know, she's a breath of fresh air around here, Master Wayne. Like, what type of deprived lifestyle were they both living that this one time, this one woman spent the night and it's just like roll out the red carpet. She's well, the best. It's Batman 365, 24-7. I guess so, man. I guess yeah. so. So goes back to... Jack, uh, now the Joker, 
wearing some weird kind of hat. It's like very French. Very French It's a beret. Hat. And uh, the girl whose name I refuse to Alicia. say, Alicia, sees him and passes out. Yep. Uh, later to have her face destroyed by him <laughs> as a work of art. Then we move to Joker sitting down with all the bosses. And I love this scene. Oh, it's right? so good. He, it's where you really get a sense of what a psycho he is. He's got his human makeup on. Which is terrifying. Which is really difficult for them to do, apparently, in makeup. To have that wipe off underneath before the wipe makeup is impossible. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what you are saying. Sir. So he's trying to basically tell all of the different members. By the way, this is a nod in my opinion, to Godfather when wow. he's sitting down with all the heads of the families and yeah. it just had that feel to me. The one guy's like, what if I don't want to do this? He's like, Oh, just shake Antoine. hands and go. Yeah. He fries them. And that bad that, CGI and that, well, that scene felt very Raiders of the Lost Ark to me. Yeah. Uh, so a little, up. Yeah. A little, little nod there. And again, the craziness like that, Every, the scene is over, but they give Nicholson a few minutes just to hang out with the dead, <laughs> dead body, body and yeah. like talk with him. I I'm thought glad it was very you're cool. dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Don't ever do that again. Every time you do the Bane voice, do that. That's fair. It's going to be a weird episode. <laughs> it already is a weird episode. Super weird episode. So Vicky Vale and Knox, there's tension. Knox is not happy about why are you looking into Bruce Wayne? Why do you care? Why nice, not me? Nice guys finish last. Oh, God. What yeah. a, he's so lame. So anyways, Vicky decides to follow Bruce. And at the same time, you've got the Joker telling Bob that he wants Bob to follow Knox to see what he's got on Batman. And this is where he gives them the you're my number one guy and gives a grissom speech to Bob. I had to listen to that scene over and over to see the guy at the end because he goes, yeah, I'm yeah. like, what is it? What is that? It's intense. Super intense. So he follows him. And then while Vicky's following Bruce Wayne, Vicky uncovers that Bruce Wayne is leaving two flowers at the corner of an intersection, like outside of a theater, the Monarch theater, the Monarch theater. And Bob is also taking pictures of Knox and Vicky. And they all head on over to city hall. City hall was the place, even whether you were a politician, whether you were a politician or whether you were a gangster, that's where you made your announcements. Apparently this has got a little bit of dark night feel to me. Just having like, I know it's mimes and it's like way over the top, but just like how the mimes are like integrating themselves. It makes me think of the um, funeral scene in the dark night when like he, uh, Joker's got got all his guys in there. Yeah. Yeah. So they essentially the bad guys, the remaining mobsters come down to the staff and they're telling the press, you know, in Grissom's absence, he's asked us to take care of his holdings. And then you see Joker's first public appearance. Yep. And he's like, that's not what happened. He takes a pen out and he makes some comment like the pen is truly mightier than the sword. Kills Vinny. And kills Vinny. And that, to your point, is I think there's a nod of the hat in the Dark Knight with yeah. the pen killing scene. And also the trailer have you seen the extended trailer for the Batman? No. Where it's like kind of a city hall atmosphere I've and like not. Batman's kind of walking towards uh, like the chaos and no one else is. Oh, I have seen that yeah. with the car accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I have seen it's that. It's the same thing Keaton's doing. He's it's like, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Keaton takes a bullet to his uh, trench coat, like yeah. on the outside of it and, and he's unfazed by it. Yeah. yeah. He's like, how is he alive? And I also it? love as everyone's freaking out and he's watching him and he gets up to the window and Toodaloo. the Joker does the little wave yeah. with his fingers. Yeah. It, and so now Vicky's there. Vicky kind of locks eyes with Bruce. Again, they've known each other less than 48 hours. In addition to that, though, Bob has been taking pictures the whole time. That's important because that's how Bob eventually gets pictures over to the Joker of Vicky Vale. So despite the dramatic pen throwing, the news is still all about Batman and the Joker doesn't like this. In fact, he now makes it his point to really start dealing with and addressing the fact that he's not getting the press that he wants. He uses his extended punching glove to blow out his TV. (laughs) Wonderful toy. I, you know, what, what kind of world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all my press? This town needs an enema, Max. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back and forth. And like I said, we'll skip certain parts that are not as important. But mostly basically, Knox. yeah, mostly Knox. But what you see starting to develop is that the Joker's not even mad at Batman for turning him into the Joker. He's just mad because he's not getting all the attention. Yeah. 
So Vicky finally figures out what's going on with the flowers and that it's because his, both of his parents were killed there. Axis Chemicals, meanwhile, has ran up about a million individual shipments. Ship them all. He's like, get them out of here. So now you get the television crew, the most generic like 4 p.m. Channel 4 <laughs> news update. Where the girl, as they're talking about a story about these two models. Candy Walker yeah, and Amanda Keeler. Yeah, you would know that. She starts laughing uncontrollably, and she's been attacked by the Joker's chemicals. And now we have a real pandemic. I love watching Not, not COVID, but yeah. a real pandemic. I love watching that scene over and over. Her just starting to laugh, and she can't stop. It's weird that you watch it over and over. It's a good scene. It's super weird. And then Joker takes over the TV. And does the commercial for Brand X. One of my favorite things for supervillains is taking over TV. It's incredible. Great. It's like with the power I want. That's super odd. It's a weird power to have. I'd want to be invisible. TikTok man. <laughs> I'd want to. I'd want a superpower that would let me talk like Bane all the time. <laughs> Wayne gets a hold of Napier's file while he's reading it. Sees things like aptitude in science, chemistry, chemistry and arts. arts. Who writes that? <laughs> a lazy, a, a lazy screenwriter. That's who. So they. He seems to like jokes. You have the mayor yelling at Harvey Dent, saying, "We're having this 200-year festival, no matter what. Figure it out." You get a voicemail from Vicky saying, "Hey, uh, Bruce. You know, obviously Alfred has to check his voicemails for him. He's very busy. Bruce, I'm, I'm going to be running a little bit late at the museum. This is where he relays that to Bruce, and Bruce says, "Okay, wait. I'm not supposed to be meeting her at the museum. There's a lot of scenes in the movie I really like. This is probably my favorite overall scene in the movie. The Flugenheim. Yeah, that entire scene at the museum is probably what most people." associate this movie with it's so fun it's very fun so vicky is waiting there she gets a present that says you know urgent so the joker comes in with a beret was it a raspberry beret i never even <laughs> thought about that it's kind of is yeah that's funny never thought about that in the boom box it's playing one of the 75 songs that prince made for this movie party, called man. party man he starts defacing the entire museum with flair he introduces himself to vicky vale professes his love and there's also so many quotes in this one there's a lot of quotes in this one like that he wants to be on the one dollar bill i yeah. like that he destroys the whole place batman comes in he's got a double-sided grappling hook that allows him to essentially lift vicky vale up and, and take her to safety he's a zipliner to which you get i would argue outside of i'm batman the most famous quote of this movie that gets quoted the most where does he get such wonderful toys it's a really good one it's a really good one he gets out of there this is where you're introduced to the batmobile which i would argue is the most important point of the entire movie pretty cool so they both jump into the batmobile they do the chase scene there's a, another grappling hook that allows him to do like a sharp left turn a bulldozer out of nowhere blocks their way not even a bad guy in there just a bulldozer that apparently is enough for them to abandon the vehicle <laughs> but when they abandon the vehicle he gets to put his little voice activated thing to his mouth and say shields yeah it's pretty cool and the thing shields up which is great how many grappling hooks have i said so far 10 yeah okay it's his main weapon at this one point he grappling hooks he says how much do you weigh she's like i don't know 103 or whatever 108. 108 103 grappling hooks her up they stop halfway he says hold on to this he drops down Fight scene ensues. They shoot him, which never kills him. Nope. Just knocks him out for a second. They're starting to peel up his mask. Vicky Vale being the nosy, not reporter <laughs> photographer that she is, snaps a picture of his face. And that's enough to kind of distract the bad guys. Batman gets away. He reconnects with Vicky Vale, makes uh, a fat shaming joke about her weight <laughs> being more than 108 or 103, and then throws her into the car and they head off to the Batcave. They do. Through a series of twists and turns and secret tunnels, and then they land there. He's got a file that has all of the mixture of chemicals that are causing this issue from Brand X and making people die via the Joker. Lipstick, hairspray, and one other thing, perfume together. Yeah. And then he's like, one other thing. 
and he brings his cape up, and I assume he drugs her. Yeah, I think he drugs her. It's not clearly explained what happens, but she wakes up the next morning fully clothed on her bed. With no film. With no film. She's missing the picture of who Batman was. The phone rings, I think it's Knox, and she's like, listen, I got something that needs to go out in the press right now. It's hot. Steaming hot. (laughs) So we get the classic, hold the presses, you see? We got the news, you see? Get the paper boys, man. (laughs) So they put the list out of the chemicals, and it makes it out there, and the anchor reads the list. The Joker's furious. He now shoots his television. So first time he used his punching glove, now he's shooting his television. Amping it up. We have another great quote by him. We've got a flying mouse to kill, and I want to clean my claws. That's a great one. (laughs) Alfred, again, Vicki Vale and Bruce Wayne have been together 48 hours. (laughs) Alfred now says, I think you need to tell her the truth. Wayne's Bruce Wayne's like you're right goes to her apartment it's amazing to me that like he walks in there he has blown her off he's ghosted her for at least a few days she won't stop talking he looks at her and tells her to shut up which is intense he's about to tell her he's fumbling over it and then the old ding dong yeah of course (laughs) and of course and travels everywhere the Joker shows up with his boombox yep as as usual and Bruce Wayne being the Batman you know plays it kind of cool grabs a ashtray or some metal plate yep stuffs it in his jacket and he leans into it. He leans into him and Jack Nicholson have a little bit of a act off, if you will. He's like, I know who you are. Yeah. 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 And you see, let me tell you a story about a guy, Jack Napier, <laughs> psychopath. I like him already. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't hear the train when he was standing next to it. Like all these like nasty things. Right. Yeah. Fine. Jack's looking like, I kind of like this. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know where it's going to go. Yeah. He calls off Bob. Yeah. I mean, like Bruce Wayne makes like a motion towards him and Bob's about to pull a gun out and shoot him. And, and the Joker's like, no, no, I want to see where this goes. And you have, you, I mean, how many times have you heard me say this quote, by the way? Million. As he's telling the story to the Joker about Jack Napier, you know, head full of bad wiring. And then he had his lights out. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. And as a result of that, as he's holding a fire poker. It is. It is a fire poker. The Joker pulls out his little pistol, points it at him and says, tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? You can tell that Bruce Wayne is like shocked by this. Like there's something that like he's triggers like, a memory. He's like, what? 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 Yeah. He's like, I say that's all of my prey. Does he say all my prey? Yes, he does. And there's no good reason for it, which is fun. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's a it's a weird Joker thing. So anyways, shoots him, hits the ground. Then he disappears after Joker disappears. And then Vicky opens a present and a hand sticks up with flowers and she passes out. Great stuff. <laughs> So you get confirmation now. Knox and Vicki Vale get confirmation about who Bruce's parents were in the whole story. You get the mayor coming on TV, canceling the 200th anniversary gala. Max, one of your favorite things. Joker interrupts. Joker interrupts. Yeah. Takes over the TV show. Offers $20 million in cash to be dumped on the crowd if everybody shows up. This is another total trope from 80s films. I'm thinking of like Major League. Whenever they would cut to like the guys working in the construction yep. site, the guys at the bar. The punk they're, scene. They're doing the same here. Yeah. They cut to like guys in a construction site. Yep. There's a bunch of people at the bar. There's a cop playing cards at the end of the bar i'm kind of like maybe you were right maybe eckhart isn't that bad i don't even know (laughs) so they're all oh then there was like a group of homeless people but also bikers like there's a garbage can on fire but bikers as well very 80s they're all very excited to go to the 200th anniversary and get their two million dollars 20 million dollars sorry bruce is watching in the bat cave he freezes the face of the joker and he starts thinking i know this guy so he grabs the old wayne file case and he does a little digging back and forth and what he uncovers is that jack napier the joker ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight is the guy who murdered his parents. Full flashback. Shock. This is all Tim Burton. The original story didn't have this. People have complained about it for years. Oh, This was all Tim Burton pushing this. He wanted it. It's cool. Uh, it's it's not, it doesn't very, stay very true to the original Batman. Yeah, I guess. But the guy who looks like. Do you know what that guy looks like? 
Jack Nicholson. No, he mean? looks like Terry from Karate Kid Three. <laughs> he looks like Jack Nicholson. They did a great he job. Does, he does. He, he also looks. He also looks like Terry from yeah. uh, Karate Kid Three. So now the biggest trope, or this isn't even a trope. This is a violation of privacy. Alfred brings. Alfred brings, brings Vicky seventy-two hours deep, Max. <laughs> and here's the thing: Vicky walks into the Batcave, has all of this to digest, and doesn't even like acknowledge really that he's Batman. It's just like I loved you from the first time I met you. Would you like to give this relationship a chance? Bruce Wayne's like I would. But right now he's still out there and I've got to get to work. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. We go to Axis chemical plant. Yeah. And he is sending the Batmobile. I assume he was not in it. I, I just got the impression that it was like on remote. No, he was there. Was he? Yeah. All right. But he bombs like a bunch of people. Does yeah. he kill them? Murders everyone. Yeah. All bad guys. That's really not he a bad thing. He sends the Batmobile thing. in there, puts the shields up, and then all the hubcaps drops like four bombs in there and blows the whole thing up. Yep. Murderous. So, so Batman kills people. Kills people. Absolutely. Yeah. Really huge explosion too. Very big explosion. And if, by the way, somehow Joker has a helicopter. Gets away. No, this is the other part. I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> the, the Joker helicopter and the previous chase scenes. This is again what I like about this movie. As much as it tries to distance itself from being a campy cartoon. It's got some stuff it, it like he moved pretty quick like the joker's only been around for less than a week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's already got branded cars yep. and a branded helicopter i love it reminds me of a family guy it's like to the peter Copter. <laughs> it's like how do you afford all these toys <laughs> where does he get these wonderful <laughs> toys so the parade ensues and you've got more music by prince which is great the batwing shows up i just again i remember thinking like my god man this is like everything i loved about star wars like it had even the you know, the wombat shoot a wombat like tracker thing. That's yeah. what, that's what that looked like. Yeah, yeah. It was like the same build and everything. All of these balloon floats have tanks of poisonous gas. They release the $20 million. They release the gas. Knox has a baseball bat. And <laughs> a K95 man. Cats sleeping with dogs. <laughs> Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear bum, 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 bum. And the bat wing shows up. The bat wing has a perfectly placed tool. That's like a scissors that clips and holds <laughs> ropes of parade balloons, <laughs> which it's nobody questions. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's a great movie. I don't care. Takes all the balloons, floats them up, but then he does the chef's kiss, Max. He takes the bat to the wing moon. to the moon yeah. to do the bat signal. Yeah. Then he comes in hot. The Joker's had enough. He's had enough. The Joker takes out his extendable gun. And this is this is reflected a number of times. Ben Affleck, Batwing is totally like the same Batwing. Yep. You've got the 18 that, Wheeler scene. Yeah, Dark this, is, this is great. This is just great. So he lands, crashes, whatever you want to call Joker it. The Joker has the giant gun. <clears throat> the Joker grabs Vicky, takes her to the clock tower. Save the clock tower, Max. <laughs> Save the clock tower. And they start making their way up the steps. He uses his flower to spray some of the bolts that are on the bell. Yep. Comes down, almost kills Batman. Gordon can't get up there. Yeah, they're all stuck. They're making their way up there. And then Batman goes up the steps. It's kind of funny just watching him walk up steps. He's got a couple interactions with some bad guys. One of them just falls right through the floor. The other's kind of a bruiser. He gets in like a legit fight I with. I thought it was Hightower. Yeah. <laughs> Hightower. That's amazing. Bubba Smith. <laughs> So you finally get all the way to the top of the clock tower for the final showdown between Batman and Joker. Uh, Vicky Vale, to distract the Joker so that Batman can save her, starts getting a little frisky and romantic. I love purple. Yeah, kisses his jacket coat, which is weird. That whole scene was uncomfortable for me. Jack Nicholson looks uncomfortable. The whole thing was nightmare fuel. Batman gives him a couple solid punches to the face where he spits out fake teeth. I didn't understand that scene. I still don't. And they're both arguing. They're like, you made me. No, you made me. So actually, there's a lack of continuity in this. Oh. Uh, because of how it was cut. What you initially get is Batman saying, I made you, you made me, you killed my parents. 
And the Joker immediately responds, I was just a kid, you know, da 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 da. How did he know who Batman was talking about? He doesn't, oh, yeah. he doesn't know that Batman's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So, yeah, little, it's all right. Again, willing to ignore it. Little continuity issue. You wouldn't hit a guy with glasses. Smacks him around, flies off the rail. Then he pulls the two of them off the side of the rail. And then how do we end? Grappling hook, grappling as hook. usual, grappling yeah. hook. Joker dies. Joker dies. This is a little bit of a tip of the hat. You know, the falling at the end, uh, Dark Knight. Insanity's uh, like gravity. Yeah. You just need a little push. So the grappling hook is tied to a gargoyle and to the Joker's foot. And he's holding on to the ladder, which is tied to the, the Joker helicopter. And he falls down. And when he's dead, he's still laughing because there's a bag of laughs. Yeah. He's got a bag of laughs in his pocket. The so Joker's dead. Joker's dead. Knox tries one more time with the doesn't work <laughs> and batman e- batman sends a nice letter he to, emails. The, to the he didn't <laughs> email him i gave him a nice letter he's like bruce you know, wayne at batman.com <laughs> get out of here spec slash this the bat <laughs> basically says you know evil is gone but should it ever come back flip this light on and i'll come help out Text gotham me. yeah and they flip the light on and you get the crescendo music bum, 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 bum. and then alfred's around the corner and he's like hey, hey you're you're a pretty, you're, you're, you're a pretty lady. Why are you doing? Come help me up? help me with my help me with my couch. Oh wait, oh wait, Vicky, you're 108 pounds. Oh wait, oh good. You're all over. That the didn't place happen. Today. Okay, you're maybe maybe it wasn't Silence of the Lambs. So Alfred gives Vicky a ride, and we assume they all live happily ever after. Max, what was your favorite scene in the movie? Uh, the museum scene has got to be. That's mine too. There's so many quotes. I love that part of the movie. I'm an artist. That's great. <laughs> and with that, Max, I think we are ready for our very special. Very special Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is Mark Catula. And I have to tell you, the excitement level I have right now is number one, because this is one of the agents at Dobie Real Estate, which is one of our sponsors. Simon and his team are fantastic. You've heard their ads. Two, this is a live in studio Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. And three, Max was thrown off of the mic. So Mark, I know you're you're all settled in, headphones on, and Max is sitting in the corner like an impetulant, angry child just <laughs> glaring at you. So just remember, not only are you the fan spotlight, all you have to do is do a decent enough job and Max is fired. Like I've been looking for the reason. So Mark, welcome to Buzz in the Tower. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, it's nice looking at you, Max, by the way. <laughs> He's, he's, he's dealing with his arms are crossed. He looks a little frosty, but uh, no, I called up Simon and I said, Simon, give me one of your best realtors with one caveat. They have to love 80s movies. They have to love Buzz in the Tower. And oh, by the way, they have to love Batman. So you checked all the boxes. But before we jump into anything about Batman, I just want to take a minute to let everyone know if you are in the market, if you're looking to sell a house, if you're looking to buy a house, Mark is giving me a cell phone number. I always try to give Max's away and he freaks out. I give like the first three numbers up and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But Mark, he eats, sleeps, and you know what? Real estate. So 586-899-8881. Call him to sell a house, buy a house, or talk about Batman. Fair? Thanks for the plug. All right. (laughs) Mark, before you get into Batman, what do we need to know? Why are you the guy to go to? Um, I don't know if I'm the guy to go to, actually. I think the only thing I can say really is I've never had a client not return. Awesome. So that's really... I don't know what else to say. No, that return business, that's like our listeners. I'm always like, Max, are we losing people? We look at the analytics and I'm like, as long as the people are staying, I can live with what we're doing because we're doing something right. By the way, I got to tell you, I I just started listening to a few more episodes and I got to tell you, I'm already a fan because I do love 80s movies. And, you know, maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. But I find myself 
you know, probably quoting an eighties movie, maybe 40, 50 times a day. I don't think you, I don't think you've had a successful day unless you've quoted an eighties film. That's kind of like my apple a day keeps the doctor away, but we both, even Max, Max is nodding his head just for those who can't see him. He appreciates it as well, but that's awesome. We, we appreciate the feedback and we're excited to have you on. Thanks guys. Mark Batman. We got the new Batman coming out this week and Max and I want to know what are some of your, or your single favorite scene from this 1989 classic. Okay, so like I said earlier, just kind of quoting um, the 80s movies 20 times a day. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite scenes, which I I think it's like everybody's favorite scene, at least one. I'm a big Joker fan. And and the 1989 Batman, that is my favorite Joker of all. You know, the one scene where he comes in, you know, crashing from the ceiling. Batman comes down and he picks up Vicky and takes off. And oh, I know Joker where you're says, going. You I know, know where you're going. Where does he get those toys from? I could go to the butcher shop. If I find a piece <laughs> of marbled meat, I'm like, where do they get this meat from? I love and it. that's the scene I think of. I, anytime I ask any question related to that, that's always the scene I think of. That is a good one. That yeah. is absolutely yeah. a good one. Uh, that one. And, and uh, there's this one scene where the Joker comes in and he's always got the boombox. Like he's there's always a boombox playing, <laughs> and he comes in and he's trying to talk to Vicky, and then Bruce Wayne comes in, and Joker has this line. He's like, uh, "Have you ever danced, danced with, with the, the devil, devil in the, the pale, pale moonlight?" moonlight right? Absolutely. So, and he's like, "I don't know why I say that. I just like the sound of it." Yeah. He takes off, and when he takes off. I don't know why I think this is hilarious, but he's got this like motion, and he like. And he farts. Like he has this <laughs> farting noise and he takes off. And I find him hilarious. I love Jack Nicholson. And really, I guess when I think of Batman, I probably think of Joker more than anything. I, I go back to my favorite is always going to be, what are you? <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> That's the best ever. Well, Mark, I'm not in a position to steal any more of your time, although I wish I would. Like I said, you've got the voice and the chops. It would be easy to fire Max, but I probably should bring him back on. But again, to remind everyone, Dobie Real Estate Reach out to Mark for any of your home buying or home selling needs, 586-899-8881. And thank you so much for joining Buzz in the Tower today. Oh, this was awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, man. All right. Max, welcome back. Hi. How is that sitting in the corner like a weirdo, like a creep? I didn't mind it. It was like voyeurism. Yeah, you're weird. True lies. Super weird. Max. Dance sexy. Another awesome episode, an exhausting episode. When we do these full movies. heavy episode. I already know what my last, (laughs) my sign off is going to be. So to everyone out there, thank you for joining us. As always, don't forget to follow us at Buzz in the Tower. Check out our website, buzzinthetower.com. Buy officially licensed Buzz in the Tower gear at our website, patreon.com slash buzz in the tower. Review us, rate us, love us. What what do you got, Max? I mean, mean, I I like all those things. All right, good. (laughs) With that, I'm excited because the next two episodes are going to be our favorite 80s one-liners from action films. So strap in for that bad yeah. boy. Yeah. Anything to add? How do you want to close out? Um, Let's go. You can rub my rhubarb. Well, anytime you want. Rub it a lot. Rub it a little. I don't care. You can do whatever you want. Call me at five in the morning if you want to. Midday rub, rhubarb, whatever. I was born and molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man, and by then, it was nothing to me but blinding. Wrong movie. Have a good day, Max. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.